From the deranged mind of a madman with a microphone, it's a drinking podcast with a movie problem. You're listening to Not Suitable for Anyone. Um, I don't know what, you know, for an IT guy, I should probably know how to work this stuff. Um, I, I, I started trying to get on the call at like 829 and <laughs> Skype was just, Skype was just sitting there and it was just sitting there. Apparently like I was like halfway logged in, like it, it was like, I was logged in enough to see Skype, but not enough to actually talk to anybody on Skype. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. So I mean, so so this is getting off just like uh, just like one of mine and Chuck's movies um, yeah. with uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> under under budgeted and uh, technical difficulties. Right, that's right. Well, when I you know when I have uh, I, I I think the um, uh, a lot of people like Zoom. I think the sound is a little bit better on Skype. I ha- I noticed that uh, a few months back. Uh, well. Yeah, it's been several months back now, but I was I was helping my sister with something. She was shooting a, a not a pilot, but a proof of concept thing, uh, basically to show these producers what the show would be like. And they are they're based out of New York, but one of the people that was on it was in Atlanta, and so they were going to have her on a Zoom call doing the the riffing back and forth with the the person there in New York. And yeah, they were they were recording the, or supposedly were recording the audio up there. But I noticed that it did not sound very good. So I was recording it there myself. And <laughs> about halfway through the shoot, somebody we've stopped. We've done the first half. And we're going to take a break for lunch and then do the second half. And just as we're about to sign off, one of the production guys sticks his head into the camera. He says, "Hey, are are you recording audio on that end?" I was like, "Yeah." So, okay, good. We weren't recording the Zoom here. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things you mentioned at the beginning, dude. <laughs> You're like, what, oh, was, man. what was his um, plan if, if you said no? I guess play the, the video the, back now and she can like loop it. You know, we're just going to make her like, like, like talk along with it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh man, Patrick! Oh, I assume that you and Chuck introduced each other, met yeah. each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay, we were just uh, just getting acquainted here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, Chuck. I I don't see you much on Twitter lately. I didn't know if you'd been doing other things or had had the if the politics had finally become too much for you. Or uh, it's just it's just it's a it's a stream of nonstop hate. So I just quit getting on there <laughs> fair enough everybody's there is a... everybody everybody's yelling at each other and it's not about fun and movies and stuff like it used to be so well the, <laughs> just... uh, actually um you know me and the, the way that i met patrick um is that um he and 
Chuck, I think you know Jeremy Burgess. Uh, this, oh, this yeah, yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, uh, Jeremy He's... and Patrick both write for Modern Horrors. Is that right, Patrick? Yep. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. And and so they were talking about movies one day, and, and I because I follow Jeremy, I was seeing the part of the thread, and so I just kind of yeah. butted in. And then, you know, me and Patrick started talking about something else on, you know, our own tangent. And um, so there is still movie talk happening on Twitter. <laughs> if you know it. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I will. I'll just sit there and stare at something. I'll literally just, just, just look at somebody's tweet for like five minutes, <laughs> thinking of like all the shit I could say. Like, like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And you know, and and then I, like after five minutes, I'm like, you know what? It ain't worth it. <laughs> It just ain't worth Dude. it. I'm going to move on. <laughs> there's a, there's a great... You described my exact mental process. And that's that, that part of it, too, was the reason I, I stopped, like, tweeting myself. Was because I was doing that exact same thing. And I was like, you know, so, at some point, I'm going to screw up and just... Bla- I'm going to be drunk and blast a tweet out. And I'll be like one of these people that does that. And then, <laughs> like... <laughs> and then you'll be canceled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what I have started doing, and and you can call this the coward's way out, but I completely accept that is if, <laughs> if I'm in a mood and somebody tweets some bullshit, I will just like go off on them. But I've got this little this little app going that deletes all my tweets after two weeks. So if I say something really if I say something really horrible and offensive, it'll be gone in two weeks. Everything is temporary. It's like, you know? What are y'all talking about? I never said that. <laughs> yeah. no of course if, if if you're if you're um you know the president or somebody important yeah. you know as soon as you do something like that it gets screenshotted and everybody well, right. save it forever but nobody cares i mean nobody gets right. what i'm talking about you know so i mean and so most of that stuff is actually going to be like really be gone in a couple of weeks um, yeah but and that reminded me of um oh there there was a great Keanu, speaking of twitter too there's a great keanu reeves meme going around he was like, and this was something he'd actually said in an interview, you know, he was like, you know, I used to like let stuff like stupid stuff get to me. But now if you're like one plus one equals five, I'm like, all right, man, you you, you go with that. That's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you believe what you want to believe. I'm, I'm if that works just, for you, man. <laughs> which which the older i get the more i realize that keanu reeves is kind of like you know he really he's, he seems to genuinely have this kind of zen you know samurai right, thing exactly. going in his actual life he's he's quite a guy but um but anyways yeah. um so um are we gonna um we can obviously um talk about tangential stuff all night patrick or is, is there a is there a, I've, I've already forgotten since the last time we did this is there a format to the show when it really gets going and we're really recording now oh, or we've been is recording this all the podcast? since this the beginning so this is all blackmail material now this is the podcast. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah i guess we should tell the people you know we're, we're here to talk about uh we're here to talk about y'all's y'all's first feature uh hide and creep the the dr strange love of zombie movies <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no reason to butter me up, man. I mean, <laughs> well, so let me, you know let what me, I'm going to take yeah. it. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to accept that and and say yes, I like it. Yes. <laughs> um. So I so I so I uh, so Chuck, uh, you know, Chance and I, we did this once before. We talked about uh, mm-hmm. interplanetary um a while ago, back when I first started the podcast. It was one of the first like five episodes. Um, awesome. <clears throat> And I'd never actually gone back and watched Hide and Creep. 
and then and it's it's funny that we you know we we started out and like you know talking about uh, talking about politics for ten minutes because um, <laughs> when I first so it was it was the day that you know that that all the that all those idiots uh, stormed the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I think it was that it was either that night. It was definitely that week. I think it was the very same night, or it may have been the next day. But I mean, that was a that was a stressful day for sure, yeah. all of us. And right. and I was like, you know what? I just need to watch something that's <laughs> dumb uh, and and funny that's gonna you know that's gonna speak to me. And I was like, you know what? I I've never I never actually watched Hide and Creep. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a chance. And man. I mean, it was it was just exactly what I needed that night. It just it just felt like home. That's that's really that's really great. And, and now I'm I'm thinking that, that that Chuck and I are like we're making movies for the people. You know, we're right. like we're like the we're like the Bruce Springsteen of filmmakers. <laughs> really, that's actually I mean that's one of the most awesome compliments we've ever gotten. I mean, uh, to to have had this extraordinarily depressing horrible event happened and our little movie that we barely knew what we were doing making gave you uh, uh an an outlet to to feel better that's amazing man that's that's fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it really did it felt like i mean so i, I grew up in Ar- in southern arkansas I, I moved around a lot but that's kind of where i lived the most and, um, you know, it's not, not too different from Alabama and yeah. So you, you knew, you knew, you knew all those characters like we did. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I yeah, went to high yeah. school. These are, this is everyone I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, um, just to, just to fill in a little bit of background there when I wrote the script. So I grew up in, I grew up in a town called Jemison. Well, actually, I grew up in the woods, but the, I went to school in a town in a town called Jemison. That was like my closest school district town. And then um, Jemison was like two two red lights and not even a McDonald's, you know. And so on the weekends, because this was eighty seven, eighty eight, you know, on the weekends we would go to Clanton, Alabama. And cruise around the Pizza Hut because that's where like that was like the city, you know. Um, and <laughs> yep. and and again, Clanton is we're talking. Clanton's probably five red lights, you know. And and they had at least had a few had a few fast food places. <clears throat> Thorsby was the town between Jemison and Clanton, and it was even smaller than Jemison. So when I started writing that script, you know, twenty years ago or whenever it was, um, I w- well, I was like. You know, I've got to set it in one of those towns that I ran around in in high school because that that the the, the screenplay was really like the, the people I grew up with and zombies. You know, I mean that was that was the whole you know setup. It wasn't anything more anything fancier than that. But I was really trying to 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 talk about the the funny little things that happened in 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 my small town. You know, experience. And um, I thought about doing it in Jemison for a while, but uh, but my wife, who didn't grow up down that way, she grew up in actually she grew up closer to work where Chuck went to school. And Chuck, you went to Tarrant, is that right? Tarrant, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think Stacy went to Pinson, maybe. I always forget, but yeah. they were in they they were in like actual towns, you know, as opposed to you know Podunk, Podunk where we were. Um, but Stacy really liked the way the the town Thorsby sounded, and the more that I thought about it, 
Thorsby being so ridiculously tiny, you know, it seemed it seemed appropriate. So so sorry to interrupt your flow, but but that's uh, <laughs> but talking about when you said high school and that that really brought all those memories back of, yeah. of kind of how we ended up setting it before we did. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I grew up in a I, I where I grew up was practically metropolitan compared to you then because I I grew up in in a town called El Dorado, Arkansas. Um, you know, we had we actually had two two whole movie theaters. Mm. and mm. a shopping mall that was anchored by a Walmart. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so you guys had a, was it, so was it like a strip mall? So No, it was an actual, like, honest to God, like, indoor shopping mall. With um, a Walmart? With, the, with a Walmart, yeah. That's, I've, I've, you know, I've lived in the South forever, and I've never seen that. That's, that's no, really interesting. I, I had never seen it before nor since. But, yeah, uh, but that was Arkansas. Yeah, that was that was Arkansas for you. It was, it was still two hours to Monroe if you wanted to go to Sam's Club. <laughs> so do, you, do you remember? Do you remember like about what the popular? I'm just trying to get a feel for for the size of the city. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, two it movie about, theaters sounds pretty big. It was pre, it was about twenty five thousand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I was um, when I was a kid, my dad and I actually saw The Empire Strikes Back in Clanton. Clanton had one. It was a Cobb Theater, um, and it had one, like, two, it was like a, a, a duoplex or a doubleplex or whatever you call it. It just had two screens, you know. Um, but um, but other than that, when we wanted to go to the movies, we would have to drive to Birmingham, which was like an hour away. And, of course, Chuck and his brother and, and sisters, um, you guys were basically walking distance from a movie theater, right, Chuck? Well, not, not really. Um, there was not one in Tarrant, but there was in Roebuck, which was maybe 15 minutes up the highway. So not, oh, okay. not not I had always terribly in, in my, far away. Yeah, no. In my mind, you guys basically lived at the movie theater all weekend. <laughs> but I've I've just talking to you and Chris now, it seems like yeah. that. But it's also me being envious because, you know, I, I went to the movies like four times a year. So <laughs> Well again, I mean, you know, once we when we got our driver's licenses, fifteen minutes up the highway was nothing. So Yeah, yeah. Especially in my Z twenty eight, so <laughs> <laughs> did you really have a Z twenty eight? It was a it was a hand me down of a hand me down, but it was a Z twenty eight. Chuck, I, see, I, this is such an educational podcast because I did not know this about Chuck, and I'm really I'm really like angry that this Z twenty eight did not end up in Hot and Creek. Oh, it stopped working a long time ago, but because that is not the first car for a sixteen year old. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a lot of horsepower for a sixteen-year-old. L- little too much, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, your dad, um, your dad was a bit of always was a bit of a sports car guy. So I'm, yeah. I'm I don't know. Maybe he didn't think that through all the way. <laughs> <laughs> it actually came from my mom's side. It was it was her um, younger sister's car, and then it, somehow it, it it got down to my passed down to my older sister. And then to me, but I had it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it it just, uh, you know, what I wrote, uh, what I wrote in my review is just that it just, it just captures the experience of a horror, a horror obsessed weirdo growing up in a small Southern town. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any, um, and what the other funny thing with me too, is I didn't, I got into horror kind of late in the game. So, um, though, you know, I did, um, we did have, uh, you know, video stores and everything. It was the VHS era. Yeah. So that was when I first saw, um, because I didn't get to go see them at the theater. That was when I first saw like the thing and the howling and American werewolf in London. So that was kind of the, 
that was kind of an early that was kind so of was that influence. that was but that was before me I, I was wondering i was about to ask i didn't i didn't recall did you get more into seeing horror when we were living together because i had so much i was i was the horror kid growing up yeah um, yeah um so well, and it, yeah well you know honestly chuck it kind of goes back to like i think sam raimi had said that when they started making movies um you know they just wanted to make movies and right. they started making horror movies because they felt like that was a, 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 you know, it was a genre. It was a marketable genre. They wouldn't have to get, you know, movie stars or whatever. Right. And and even though even though you and I, you know, have not been as successful as Sam Raimi, um, I don't know why. I, I, I don't remember. Well, you know, there was that short that we did. Um, right. You know, that and I'm trying to remember the genesis of that. I know that I know that. I, I I don't. Do you remember how we came? Up? I know we decided we were going to make uh, our buddy Chaz a movie for his birthday. Um, so so there, there's a, there's a really short short on the birthday on on the on the DVD called Birthday Call. It's like like two minutes long or something. And that's a that's a little zombie comedy that we that we did that really has a lot of the same spirit as 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 the feature as as Hide and Creep. And but I'm trying to I'm kind of racking my brain now trying to remember where the idea for for that came from and i don't know if Ch- I, like so i know that we were going to make our buddy Chez uh, a, a movie for his birthday and he lived in new york so we had to send it to him but i can't remember right. how we came up with zombies at this and it point. wasn't really even i mean there, it wasn't even the idea of making him a movie it was just like let's just send him a video birthday message and then as we talked about it i, I just remember i don't know i don't remember how i think it was me and you and, and my brother chris were talking about it and we were just like oh, it'd be funny if these if we were trying to call him Wishing we had a birthday in the middle of uh, zombies trying to break in the house, and I, like I said, I don't remember who said it, but at some point it got to that, and we we're like, "Yeah, let's just go down the basement and shoot." <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and yeah, and 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 I mean, I guess we we probably we I don't even know I don't remember if we had a script or if we kind of improved it one scene at a time because it's very linear. Not to yeah. spoil it for Patrick hasn't seen it, um, but um, but yeah, so um, but either way, um. When we did, um, when we started working on, when we started talking about doing a feature, and we had some other friends that were working on a feature, and they were working on a postmodern Alice in Wonderland thing, and um, we were helping them out with that, and and that was a lot of fun, and and Chuck and I learned a lot. <clears throat> I think that was the first time that we had ever worked with like a crew, um, even right. though it wasn't a huge crew. There were there were people that had experience, like there was an actual, like, you know, grip on the shoot and actual, like, you know, cinematographers and that sort of thing. And so, so, um, and, and Chuck can jump in if I'm, if I'm, 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 I'm giving my, my version of, <laughs> of, of remembering it. But after we did that, it was a lot of fun, but then we were like, well, I, you know, it'd be, I wanted to do their feature, you know, cause I mean, we, we'd made some shorts, but, but, but the feature was just, it was just such a big, huge, exciting talent, you know? And I, 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 I want to say, still... well, I want to say you were writing it while we were working on uh, that other feature where we were helping out with that one. We had talked, we had done birthday call and like, it, like he was saying, it was just a video birthday greeting for this friend of ours, but Everybody who watched it was like, "That is so damn funny, man!" You get, and so we sent it in to a couple of festivals, and people were really digging it. And oh yeah, we, we, we were like, ended up to, yeah. yeah, 
and we're like, so we need to do something with that vibe. Um, we need, we can kind of expand on that idea of zombies in the small town. And like I say, I think if I remember correctly, you were writing it while during the shooting of that movie. Um, because it wasn't too long after that. Cause a bunch of the people that worked on that film then came over worked and helped on, on our feature. And yeah. yeah and, and, and actually, yeah. And we finished up. We, yeah, it was, yeah, that's, that's a good point, Chuck. I must've been, like halfway through it and then working on that feature inspired me to actually finish it or, you know, right. tear through the rest of it or whatever, because that's right. Because we after were it was all said and done, festival the same year it was the same. Yeah. After it was all right. said and done, both those movies ended up premiering like, like two days apart or whatever at our local <laughs> film festival. So, um, so, so I, I so I don't know if, and, and then this is going to make me sense because I was in my, I guess, early 30s when we did, when we did, or mid 30s when we did um, Hide and Creep. So it's going to make me sound like, you know, um, a guy who, who has no idea what he's talking about. But I don't know if I really got serious about or got seriously into horror. I liked horror movies. Like mm-hmm. I liked The Thing and I liked The Howling. And, you know, I had a few, I had a few favorite movies that happened to be horror movies. <clears throat> but I don't think I got really serious serious into horror until we made that first feature mm-hmm. and i wanted to you know i learned just enough about about filmmaking and about horror filmmaking and in, in, in particular that i wanted to learn more about it so you know then i started watching more horror movies and watching more commentaries on horror movies you know and looking at you know old issues of fangoria or whatever <laughs> to see how they do the special effects and everything and um and yeah so 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 i didn't really gr- i grew up the star trek nerd and and kind of you know <laughs> grew into horror as a as a filmmaker which again i think I, i've heard i've heard Ramy say you know tell kind of a similar story where they just wanted to be filmmakers and in their case they thought that you know horror was a was a marketable thing and that's when they kind of and, and obviously now they're obviously now Ramey is one of the masters, you know, and, um, and I'm sure that he's watched a lot of horror movies since then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And now of course, you know, every time I think of an idea for a movie, it's a horror movie, even though I don't, <laughs> I don't even know, if, I don't even know if horror is more marketable than other genres at this point, because you know, the, the, the film market and the video market is just crazy and different and, and everything is, you know, nothing's like it was 20 years ago, much less, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's changed. It's changed a lot with you know, sort of you know, the advent of streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like 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 drive-ins are gone, and you know, movie theaters are, have been non-existent for the past year. Oh my gosh! You know? Yeah, and that's, that, yeah, that's that's the other <laughs> thing too. It's it's like what is you know what is this what is this pandemic doing long term to the movie yeah. industry? And and I don't know the answer and. And you know it might be that everything goes back to normal in a year. Um, right. But I, 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 this whole thing with you know, excuse me, this whole thing with HBO, like like showing like Wonder Woman, like they're premiering it on HBO while it's still playing in theaters, you know, for a month. Um, I don't know if you can put that genie back in the bottle because yeah. everybody. I mean, a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to. Oh, I yeah. want to watch it. On, I want to watch <laughs> it on HBO. Yeah. And 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 it's just I I, I don't want to see movie theaters, you know go out of business because a big screen and, and a good crowd and, and, and big sound is, is, is right. fun. But, but it's just, it's just really hard to say what, what the future holds at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. I, it is. And I think, I think more so than, uh, I think the biggest impact other than what we're seeing right now was when streaming really took off because that killed the video stores and that, was really how Hide and Creep got 
be known because we got a deal with a distributor and gotten blockbusters and and got on the sci-fi channel so those kind of deals for for new people making movies now don't really exist i mean on, on the level that we were you know we making the movie for what we made it for and and with zero name we didn't squeeze you know some uh b-list actor in there for five minutes so we could put their face on the cover <laughs> like, i don't even know if it, i don't even know if that occurred to us <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we didn't have enough to even do that so uh to to get a, a distribution deal and get in video stores across the country and then get on television that was beyond our wildest expectations yeah so. it was it was it was like it was like winning the lottery and yeah and, and i think i think i probably told patrick this story when we were talking about interplanetary the, the you know my um my uh icarus flying too close close to the sun mistake was we made hide and creep and it succeeded beyond our wildest dreams you know like <laughs> like like i said chuck and i chuck and i honestly and and i tell people this and they think that i'm being you know silly or whatever but but you know chuck and i went into that feature going I hope we can finish this movie. If we can finish this feature, you know, if this thing comes out at 80 minutes and it is coherent, it'll be a huge accomplishment because it's, it, it's really hard making a feature for anybody that, that hasn't, that, that hasn't tried it and is curious, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, um, and, and not only did we, did we finish it, but we had an amazing premiere at our local film festival. And, and I mean, like, like, like a really big crowd and, and, and everybody really had a good time with it. And then we got a distribution deal with the Asylum, and everybody knows the Asylum from the Sharknado movies and all that kind of stuff. But this was before. This was when they were doing more <laughs> mockbuster stuff and less like. Well, I guess Sharknado is some kind of mockbuster. Well, no, then they were doing like really specific mockbusters, like yeah. we're gonna do um, instead of I Am Legend, we're gonna do I Am Omega, you know. And instead oh, of yeah. uh, well, instead right. of instead of Tom Cruise War of the Worlds, they did War of the Worlds with some other dude, you know, because yeah. it was public domain. It's HGL. Well, that's in fact but, they, they had just started that. When they picked that's us right, up, that's right. Because before but, that, they were doing just kind of like 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 genre beef. They were actually doing some pretty decent genre. You remember they were, the ants movie that they right, did yeah. with the, Well, that was the with, whole reason like, we went with them. It was a Stuart Gordon film. I was like, oh man, yeah, the sounds interesting. But yeah, they had just started because I think, if I'm remembering correctly, that War of the Worlds that they did with C. Thomas Howell came out the right. same year that hide and creep did and i think that was part of the same package that sold to the sci-fi channel right yes and 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 yeah patrick just so just so everybody's clear you know chuck and i did not go sell a movie to the sci-fi channel no asylum (laughs) sold nine asylum sold nine actual movies and our movie to the sci-fi channel in a 10 in a 10 movie package (laughs) and they showed us once in prime time and then a bunch at midnight yeah, well, it, well, that, that was the, that was the funny that was the funny thing too is that um, our first showing was like actually half prime time. It started at like um, it started at like um, like like seven p.m. I think prime time is technically eight o'clock on on weeknights, you know. Right. But so we get, so like the second half of our premiere was in prime time, and we're like, <laughs> yeah. And then um, to this day, and and I don't know how much of this. It seems like that a lot of people saw it like at two o'clock in the morning, and I don't mm-hmm. think Chuck and I ever did. It was it was surprisingly hard to keep up with when your own movie was playing on TV. Um, in fact, I don't even think that I think that um, when we found out that it was coming on Sci-Fi Channel, like the distributor didn't tell us, we had stumbled upon it somehow. And of course, you know, we lost our minds. 
Um, because, because again, we were just trying to finish the movie and we did not think that we would ever get on TV. Um, and I'm getting way uh, away from my tangent, <laughs> which the, the short version of the tangent is we made hide and creep and it succeeded beyond our wildest dreams. And I thought that I knew what I was doing as a filmmaker. And then I made interplanetary and that took four years and I lost my, you know, whatever on it because the, in, in, in fair, in, in fairness, the, um, um, we we can debate over you know whether it's a worthy follow up or not, but um, but the market had changed so drastically in those four years. It was it was the worst time to start making a follow up to a to a successful indie or or at least successful in our minds, you know, to a successful yeah. indie debut. And and the and the and the 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 market was just night and day. And then by the time we did our third movie, which is actually a sequel to Hide and Creep. Um, the market was even worse. I mean, we ended up self distributing that basically because like just. Like, like I was really proud of, of, of our third movie, um, not to get too far away from hide and creep, but like, I mean, I couldn't get a distributor to touch it with a 10 foot pole no. and it was, it was, it was really frustrating. Um, so, um, so anyways, but it, it's, 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 and, and again, our, 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 you know, mine and Chuck's movie career is less than two decades at this point. And all, so all of this has happened, you know, just, just in, just in, um, well, actually, yeah, I guess it's like so 2004, like 17 years, something like yeah. that, something like that. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, we, it's, we were we were shooting in 2003, 2004 and then premiered at the sidewalk at the near the end of 2004. And then the and DVD, then came uh, out DVD like released mili- in 2005. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So and yeah. So just to round it out, you know, say say 15 <laughs> years um, and and yeah, it's it's just it's night and day. And, 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 you know, it, it's one of those things where I really wonder if we were, had been smart enough to make hide and creep 10 years earlier, if we would have been like, if it would have been like clerks or something, you know? Um, I mean, and, and you'll, and you'll never know, but, 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 you know, every year that it seems like every year that passes, there are more people making good movies and there's less of a market to show them in. So it's just, it's like, it's like the market gets more competitive every year. And also, the market gets smaller every year. So it's kind mm. of, it's, 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 um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how tenable it is for, for, you know, low micro, right. no budget kind of guys. And yeah. you know, the, when, when streaming first got going and Amazon kind of opened up to independent filmmakers to, to put their films on Amazon prime and, when they first did that, we had, you know, movies ready to go and chance put, um, hide we and put creep, hide up, creep up and, and we were in the top. Actually like- did well with it on, on there. And, but at this point, it's, it's there's it's so much saturation. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you couldn't do the, the, the new one, the sequel didn't do nearly the same as the old one because we put it on and there it- when they first opened up. Yeah, it, and it's funny too because the the because Hide and Creep was was like you know was was an old movie when we when we put it on when we at that point we and not to get into boring legal technicalities but at that point we had ended up getting the rights back to it um, and um, and so so yeah so like day one of Amazon opening up their plat their Prime platform for for indie producers I say day one day two day three early very early on. I put it up there and, and we were, so we were one of the earlier in like indie, indie, um, self-distributed indie, I guess, to be specific horror movies that they had on there. And, um, you know, 
it, it seems like that they had like this loose, like, you know, top 20, you could, you could kind of, if you, if you searched around enough, you could kind of get a feel for what the most popular movies in, in, in each genre were. And, and we were showing up on the first couple, on the first two or three pages of, of Amazon's thing. And they had this like bonus where they were like, um, you know, if, if you had such and such streams, if, or if you were in one of the top 100 streamed movies of the, of the month, you got like, you know, like, like in the thousands of dollars, which is significant on a, on a, on a nearly low, on a nearly no budget movie. Um, so, so yeah. So when, when they first started up, we ended up like, like, like hide and creep, like turned a, turned a pretty big profit again for a couple of months there. And then it, it went back down and, and because again, all the competition picked up on Amazon and now, and, and then when we put the new movie out, which nobody had you know seen anywhere, which should have, which should have in theory gotten a lot more traction because it was new and you know, that sort of thing. And, and yeah, and it made, I don't know, a hundred dollars or something. It was, it was, it was night and day. Um, and, and, and I think that's, 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 a, that's kind of a good, that Amazon example that Chuck brought up, it's, it's a good microcosm, I think for, yeah. For 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 the 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 low budget horror space these days because it's just it's tough you know like I said they're like yeah. and, and in fairness and in fairness the the cost of the cost of production has has come down to the point where you know you can get a really good um you can get like a Netflix excuse me a a Netflix grade camera like um like the kind of like you like the kind of camera that they use on like shows that Netflix actually you know produces you know you can get a, right. a a red has a um their komodo camera is like six or seven grand um and and at that point you're literally you know shooting with something as good as you know the guys that are making netflix shows yeah. um and that, oh, and that like, was and one of the things soderbergh that, put a movie in theaters that he shot on iphone 7 right yeah well in fairness though that's soderbergh <laughs> shooting on iphone 7 it's 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 there and there have been a couple of other cases of uh, there's a filmmaker in florida um that shot a movie called uh tangerine tangerine yeah yeah mm -hmm. um on an iphone and it got into like sundance and and it broke out but 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 that's that's the that's really unless you're soderbergh that's really the exception you yeah. know um netflix if you if you really want to if you really want to nerd out you can go and look at netflix's acquisition um standards uh it's it's like this you know 20 page pdf with all these different cameras and all the different shooting formats and everything that you have to use but um but when we made, and, and that goes back to when we made Hide and Creep, distributors at the time, this would have, well, like I said, it was like 2003, 2004. Distributors at the time were occasionally uh, dipping their toes into stuff that was, that was, that was HD, but they really liked, they really liked stuff that originated on film. And, um, and, and, and we shot, we, we shot Hide and Creep on Super 16. Uh, so, so that was, uh, that was something that really set that movie aside in that marketplace. And now, like I said, everybody has, you know, everybody has access to a really good 4K HD camera for, you know, a couple of grand. And, 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 and that's, uh, that, that makes the, it levels the playing field, but it also, it also, like I said, it just increases the competition, you know, that much more. Even between 2004 and 2009, I think the market changed a, a lot um yeah yeah i mean that's like i said that was uh, and just going back to the example you know when when hide and creep came out on dvd it sold uh i think it was like five or six thousand copies but so, let's say five thousand yeah. copies like like twenty five hundred for blockbuster and twenty five hundred for the old hollywood video chain and then when interplanetary came out it did it it got a small it, it was a smaller distributor um 
but it did get a DVD release and it sold like 450 copies to a uh, family video. I think was the name of the, of the mom and pop chain and family video actually just went out of business like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, which is like, they tried you know, to, they tried uh, to pivot we, into selling CBD oil. God bless them. I mean, Hey, Hey, you got to hustle, you know, you got to do whatever, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and now there's like, um, I know there's, I'm so jealous. Um, there's a video store in Atlanta called Videodrome that um, I've, I've actually never been to. Um, and, but I follow them on Twitter and, and they're, um, you know, they're, they're managing to stay afloat during the pandemic. You know, you can call them up and, and, and they'll bring your videos to the door, you know, so you don't have to you know go inside and everything. And, and so there are in decent sized cities, there are still like, you know, viable, like real independent video stores that really cater to the to the hardcore film nerds, but unfortunately we don't have uh, we don't have anything like that in Birmingham. So, um, so so yeah, I can't even remember when the last time when the last video store that we had up here was. But um, but 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 it, but but again, you know, when it comes to to a to a video release now, you know, you you're not going to sell. I mean, there's really you're going to start you're going to sell hardly anything to to the rental outlets because you know you've got a mom and pop shop here and a mom and pop shop there shop there. I can't imagine you're selling more than you know maybe two or three hundred copies of a disc to 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 those kind of places. So yes, yeah, so all your money yeah. is going to be VOD and streaming. And you know, I mean, you can get that Red Box deal or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, actually, you know what? That's a great point. I always forget about Redbox. I always forget about <laughs> Redbox. Yeah, if you could get a Redbox deal, you're you're probably looking at that's actually probably several thousand units. Um, but again, think about how small. Think about the size of a Redbox. You know, what can you fit right. two hundred movies in one of those things? <laughs> right. So yeah. so you know that's limited. Again, that's 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 squeezing that marketplace. Or even if you could get, you know, if if, if you're trying to get into Redbox. There's there's ten times as many filmmakers trying to do the same thing and 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 you know it's 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 like it's again it turns into it turns into a lottery thing to a certain degree yeah yeah and I got to think I've not done any research on this but I gotta think that that the red boxes have taken a bit of a hit from streaming as well even though you still see them uh, out there a good bit but I would have to think that they've taken because they tried to. I don't know how successful they've been, but they've tried to get into the streaming market themselves with the uh, red box online. Yeah. Yeah. They've gotten in the streaming business. I think they even do some live TV now too. Mm. Um, you know, probably just to get content onto their platform and to get people right. using it. Cause you know, I mean, if you're not, if you're not Netflix or Amazon, you know, I don't enter in and I guess HBO max now, um, you know, I, I don't know who's, who's really watching other than, you know, and horror fans have shutter, you know, and that's, yeah. that's really it. Like people aren't clamoring for CBS all access or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, shutter's actually, shutter's actually a great example. I, and, and, you know, I, I think, I think the, you know, whereas, whereas used to be, you know, the dream was, um, you know, let's get this on the sci-fi channel. Um, you know, I would, oh my gosh, what I wouldn't give to have a movie play on shutter, you know, that'd be huge. And, um, and if anybody knows how to uh, how to how to get in touch with Shutter to beg them to carry their movies, good because I've I've emailed everybody there that I can think of, and I just get you know silence in response. So they're apparently um, they're apparently not taking submissions at this time. Is the way that they put it, I believe. 
I I would be happy if it if if they took it uh, for one of a uh, Joe Bob's show so he could talk shit about it in between. Oh my the gosh, breaks, dude, so. that'd, be, yeah. that'd be the that'd be the dream, man. I mean, it would. Um, yeah, I it, it's. Um, I think I emailed. Did I email Joe Bob one time for Hide and Creep years ago? I reached out. If it wasn't him, it was somebody like that. I reached out to, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to check out our low budget backwoods, you know, zombie flick?" <laughs> and whoever it was was like, eh, "I'm not really doing that much these days, you know." But good luck with it. And I was like, "All right." So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, um, I, I really think having Joe Bob, you know, <laughs> do it would would be better than just getting a regular, you know, VOD deal with right. uh, with, with Shutter. Um, that would bring a lot of that bring a lot of attention to it. But that gets back to. Um, um, that gets back to the, the start of the conversation with with Patrick. Um, you know, this movie's been laying around, you know, in different formats for for uh, a little over fifteen years now, mm-hmm. and and people are still discovering it. And it's it's great, you know. But in the before times when there was a crazy pandemic going, Chuck and I had started going to uh, horror conventions uh, with our buddy Josh, who who does makeup with us on our, our on our more recent films. And, um, and, and basically we're just setting up, I mean, you know, we're, we're just basically selling, you know, DVDs and, and, and Blu-rays and, um, and, and every convention we've been to, there's been at least two or three people who walk by and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that you guys made hide and creep. You know, it's either, <laughs> you know, it's either I saw that back in college, you know, late at night or it's, oh, I saw this on YouTube, you know, a month ago. And, <laughs> and, and. And it's, 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 you know, it, it doesn't have a huge audience, but it, but it seems to have a long tail, you know, there, there right. are still people, there's still people finding the movie and, 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 and still, you know, appreciating or, or still finding it. And, and, and even, you know, seeing it for the first time today, they seem to, they seem to, to appreciate it and get what it's going for. So, um, I don't, I'm not sure what my point was of that, particular <laughs> thing, but, well, but, I think, but it's, but it's, know, it's, I think the point is there that. Was, it's a it's a good movie. Um, you know, you've got sort of like three sort of main storylines, you know, all all kind of happening at the same time. Um, you know, with with Chuck and Barbara and um, you know, and and the police thing and then you've got the preacher and his thing and then you've got um uh the guys in the woods the hunt club. Yeah, the, the hunt yeah. club. And, and and you're 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 sort of moving between all these stories and it keeps the stories always moving forward. It's 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 edited together really, really well, you know, and it keeps you engaged and interested in it uh all the way through. And you know, that's not something that you know that you can that you know that you can that you can buy. I mean that's just something that is sort of innate to the storytelling uh, that's going on here, which is a big credit to you guys. Yeah, well, and well, I appreciate that. And and, yeah. and one of the one of the things that <laughs> that uh, that Chuck and I I think agree on is that as much as we love all kinds of movies and we love big budget stuff and we love indie stuff, um, sometimes indie and art house stuff can get a little um, slow. You know, it's like you're you're watching the movie and you're like is anything going to happen? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, uh, and, and, and in fairness too, um, you know, uh, when Tarantino did, um, did, um, death proof, that was his homage to like old, like yeah. you know, classic exploitation movies. And when you watch, like you can watch old Roger Corman stuff, you know, or whatever, a lot of those movies, you know, they're very much seat fillers and they're very much like, okay, 
we got to have, um, you know, we got to have an explosion and we got to have a shootout <laughs> and we got to have a knife fight. But that's only like four minutes, you know, the other 75 minutes, whatever, you know. And so, uh, de- and like I said, Death Proof's a fun example of that because it's like super talky and then there's like a crazy car wreck and then it's super talky and then there's like an, in- then there's like a 20 minute car chase, you know. Um, but if that had been an actual, like, 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 you know, 70s drive in, you know, Grindhouse movie, the car chase at the end would have probably been like five minutes, you know, because it would, and it would have been like, you know, mostly talking. So, um, so I think that one of the things that, that that we've always tried to do with our feature films is even if, um, you know, we don't have, you know, a, a bunch of big name actors and we don't have, you know, the biggest budgets, we've tried to we've tried to not have a lot of filler. You know, we've tried to have like 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 let's put together an 85 or 90 minute movie that's really going to move and not just have you know, three cool scenes and then 60 minutes of filler, if, if that makes sense. Um, that, that's, that's something that, that, that we kind of have strived to do to, to hopefully set the movies apart a little bit from some of the other stuff in that, in that kind of B movie genre. Yeah. And just, and to just keep it moving, keep the story moving, you know, like say there's a, there are limitations to what you can do with no budget. There are limitations to what you can do with, without, a big pyrotechnics team, but you can keep the story moving. Um, even if it's just through the editing, like how you put together things like in, in, in the last movie we did for a few zombies more, there was, when we were editing it together, there were two separate scenes that were very talky. Um, but we needed them. We couldn't cut them. And so after we had that first cut and we were watching them, we were thinking like, well, what, what can we do here? So was, let's just intercut these two scenes and go back back and forth between them and that keeps the pace moving uh so a lot of it is a lot of it is in the (laughs) right yeah it's just it's keep keep the pace moving keep the story moving and like you're saying i'm not going to talk trash about any movies i there but when you talk about slower indie movies I, i i've got this real pet peeve people talk about oh it's a slow burn movie it's like okay fine i've got no problem with a slow burn movie but a slow burn means that there should be a fucking fire at the end, you know. <laughs> it's burning to something, not a fizzle out. Um, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If, is, is, it an actual, is it an actual slow burn, or is is it just nothing's happening and then something happens, you know? Um, is, it a, and, and, is it a smolder? There's a difference between a slow burn and a smolder. Yeah, and I can't, and, and, and I don't, we might not even, Chuck, and, this might not be one that Chuck and I agree on, but I really liked uh, Midsummer, and I really felt like that Midsummer was a was an honest slow burn movie in the sense that that I was always on edge worried about what was about to happen. You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah. uh, and and and, yeah. and if that and, and 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 I can't remember if Chuck liked it or or if, and Patrick I don't know if, I, I don't know if we've talked about it but um but, I but had problem- for for me I'll go ahead. Uh-oh, Did I want to go talk about other movies. So. <laughs> 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 no, I just it, it my problem with Midsummer was that it all felt inevitable. It felt like I don't like movies where it seems like the hero has no chance. I, I don't care if they lose at the end. It, you know, it like um, a very good example. Um, one of the chances I both love. Uh, one of the good I'm spacing on the name, Cabin in the Woods. Now that oh my god, has oh, a very yeah. bleak ending. They lose. Well, and it's but and it's also it, it's it's also they had a see, chance. And that's, they just blew it. So well, and also I feel like I have problems one, with movies when when the ending seems inevitable, like the characters had no 
chance but to get to this point and lose. And that's the way I felt. And that, that made nobody else in the world may feel like that, but that's kind of the way I felt about Midsummer. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know, and yeah, and, and we probably shouldn't turn this into a review show about Midsummer. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know if um, I don't know if it struck me that way, and also the way it ended too. Um, it was, anyways. Um, that was a bad example. Of bringing, I, I I I like that whether people like Midsummer or don't like Midsummer, there always seems to be things to talk about with Midsummer. Um, it's that's that's always fun, you know. Right. Which is which is which is I I I, I like um it's it I seems wanna, it seems I'll, to me that the controversial movies are are always the more interesting. You know the yeah. the movies that everybody likes and the movies that everybody hates are are usually less interesting. The movies that people argue about are the interesting movies because yeah, there's sure. actually stuff to argue about, you know. It's um, definitely an interesting but, film. Um, I, and maybe it seemed inevitable to me too, but I just kept squirming in my seat because it just kept getting worse, <laughs> and and I knew it was getting worse, you know, and and um, oh, oh, that was that was, but yeah, but, getting back to to the point that we were making though is that is that is that there are good slow burn movies that 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 work but uh some movies that claim to be that are really just kind of boring <laughs> and you know when it comes to those when it comes to those old exploitation movies you know i find it kind of charming um because you know you're watching the roger corman movie where it's like you know guys on a boat or women or women in a women escaping from a prison what was that movie swamp diamonds he's got there's so many of those corman movies you know or, or the, you know the you know the, the the terror is it the terror with boris karloff where it's just boris karloff and jack nicholson wandering around yeah. a castle for an yeah. hour yep. i mean you know there's there, there's there's not a lot going on sometimes but you kind of have to admire the hut spot of you know well you know corman had a castle and he had boris karloff and he had you know a day <laughs> I mean, why not make a kind of incoherent movie about all that, you know, while 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 you while you've got him. Um but um but 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 I think our approach is 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 generally, you know, try to keep, you know, try to keep things moving and try to keep things, you know, interesting. And like, you know, if you've got a conversation, you know, it's the old um it's the old sexploitation thing from not sexploitation, uh sex position thing from like, you know, Game of Thrones. Uh, we don't really do a lot of sex position, but if you can have like a gunfight while you're doing some exposition, you know, that's always nice to kind of keep the audience interested and, and not bore them to death with, with someone, you know, um, with, with the old professor saying, well, as you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think like gross point blank was, was great at that. Oh Yeah. And I haven't seen that in years, yeah. but yes, but I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I like a, I like a movie with balls. Uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. um, you know that that's that's a fun thing for me. I just watched uh, Relaxer. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's Joel P- Petrikas. Uh, no, it, what's it called? Relaxer. Relaxer. I haven't even heard of that. Is this on Prime or? Um... Uh, I think it's. I think it's Where on. See uh, it? I think it's on VOD now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely um that definitely sounds um <laughs> that definitely sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the 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 lead performance is is uh, is pretty is pretty amazing. Um but 
But getting back to a movie about balls, um, you know, you've <laughs> oh, got, yes. uh, you got you got Michael Shelton with his with his cock and balls out for you know like like it's like halfway into the movie before the poor man finally gets some pants. Yeah, um, and that was Donald Chance's idea. Yeah, yeah, that that was. Um, it, I think it, this it, one it, of my this is one of my favorite stories about about coming up with stuff in the movie, and I, and I asked Chance, I said, "Well, why did you?" Riding a nude scene uh was it just to, to balance out with because we've got the strippers later which was another joke that uh had come up at some point in conversation and he was like no but i went to see that uh that 28 days later and there's that real intense opening where the monkeys escape and then it cuts to the guy in the hospital bed naked and the audience laughed in the theater and it's like so it, now it was probably and there's nothing a, uh, and there's nothing fun there's nothing funny about that scene in 28 days later he's literally no. just naked laying in the bed i yeah. mean it's not there there's but but people laugh it's like oh there's a dick he's, ha, ha, ha. like yeah people feel uncomfortable by a dick and so uh i'll hell i'll take a cheap laugh <laughs> and then we drag the cheap laugh out in our case for like 40 minutes you know and that that that, that dick has a name it's, it's killian murphy but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh, and and you know it's um of course michael is 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 fearless um and um when we were talking we we did a we we Chuck and I love to record commentary tracks. We did we did uh, we did a we did maybe a ten year anniversary commentary track or a five year anniversary commentary track. We did another commentary track for Hide and Creep at some point with Kyle right. and Kyle Holman, the actor, and Michael Shelton. And um and I think on that one, Chuck and I were kind of trying to lay back and let them do most of the talking because we talked about that movie, you know, at Infinitum. And um, Kyle says <laughs> early in the movie, Kyle says. So Michael, all this nude stuff. Would 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 you do this again right now if if Chance said I got a new movie and you need to be naked for the first half? And Michael says, "No, I would not." <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so much of this uh, stuff is like you know, so much of this stuff is the folly of youth. You know, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I would have. You know, if if I made this, you know, if we made this movie now, I probably wouldn't have written it the same way. And and, and Michael will be like, "No, I'm not going to be naked in your stupid movie," you know. And then that would be fine. I mean, you 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 grow up and your and your you know your your attitudes change. But but I still think it's funny, and I still think that it's it's great that that Michael was 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 brave enough to to do that, you know. Um, yeah. And and the same with the girls that played the zombie strippers. I mean, you know, I mean that's. <laughs> that was that was an insane, that was an insane day of shooting, and everybody's covered. It, you know, these four girls are just wearing like you know underwear basically, and they're topless, and it's cold, and and I, that was like January or something when we were shooting that. Oh, actually, it was um, it was um, it was the day that um that they captured Saddam Hussein. I don't know if you guys. Oh, oh wow, wow, that's so, right. Yeah, because um. Because between takes, um, people were watching the CNN coverage of Saddam Hussein being captured on, on TV. Um, but um, but yeah, so 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 you know those girls are like you know it's cold and 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 they they don't they don't have any clothes on and they're covered in like sticky Cairo syrup you know because it's all <laughs> the fake blood and everything, and um, and yeah I mean it, it's it's just you know it, the the. 
it, it's it's crazy to think that um you know all the money that we spent on hide and creep was 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 basically you know i mean we tried to feed everybody you know pizza and, and that sort of stuff you know food for food for the crew and the cast and other than that it was like film stock and processing and yeah. you know and transfer and that video. sort of thing and, <laughs> and transfer yeah yeah i mean you know probably I mean, I forget the exact budget, but say it was thirty thousand dollars. Like twenty thousand of that was like, like just like dealing with the film and the processing mm-hmm. and and the and, and all the lab costs, you know. Um, and so we've always been lucky to have people that you know, to, like Michael, that would you know show up, you know, you know, without it, you know, and, and run around on camera without any clothes on for you know <laughs> several <laughs> several days. Um, and, and, you know, and the girls that were doing the topless stuff and, 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 and just because, you know, we asked them to, and they were like, yeah, that sounds fun. You know, um, it's, it's, there, there's definitely a, a let's go put on a show aspect that everybody kind of gets wrapped up in and, 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 and hopefully, you know, that comes through and, 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 you know, I always say with, with, um, with, especially with hide and creep, you know, if the people watching it, you know, have half as much fun as we did while we were actually putting it together, then then that's a that's a win absolutely and it, it definitely is i mean it's definitely fun to watch and uh i mean it is funny i mean it's just you know somebody falling out of a tree you know butt-ass naked is <laughs> is, uh, is hilarious and he's just he's just walking he's just, he's just walk back into town and then you know but the thing he's most upset about this whole time even though the poor bastard's got no pants but he's more upset about his car than uh than anything else and that's told, and you totally went to high school with a couple of guys like that, right? Oh, I know I did. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that, that and that's 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 kind of getting back to. I the, mean, that's kind of getting back take to their, the heart. Take of, their home, know? but they <laughs> don't take their car. <laughs> um, and also, we should point out that uh, Michael's character's um, girlfriend is also missing, and his pants are missing, but he's really just concerned about the car. So. Right? Yeah, that's all he cares about is the car. Um, yeah, that's that's always that's always funny. That was always funny to me. Um, there's there's so there there's so many horror movie references in here. Um, there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of pretty obvious ones, especially with Chuck's character. Um, but there was one that that I, I wanted to ask about because I was I was kind of curious mm-hmm. about it because it reminded me of something. Um, so when he leaves the when he writes the post-it note on the zombie, like he drags the zombie to the sheriff's office. And then he writes a note that says, dead guy, call Chuck. Um, and uh, is that a reanimator reference? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> it, I don't think so. I, I think it was just something we thought was a funny visual. Um, the post-it note on his forehead. Yeah. 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 Is, is there a... Is there a, is there well, there's, a there's that, what's, there's that scene in... the reanimator? Yeah, there's a scene in reanimator where the, guy, the roommate has... Uh, the roommate, like, kills the cat because he's because tr- he's doing his crazy ass experiments, right? And yeah. and and the guy the guy complains. He's like, "Well, you didn't even tell me that, that you know that my cat was dead." And he's no, like, "Oh, well, I know exactly what." You're... He goes, well, "What was I supposed to do? Leave you a note? <laughs> cat dead? Details later?" <laughs> you don't know. No, you, I can. You said I, that, it... Yeah, now that you said that, though, I'm going to start telling people that that's a reanimator. <laughs> No, I I know exactly what you're talking about now, but I no, yeah, like I said, I think it was just something we thought would be a funny close-up visual um, to do. So, 
But yeah, I'm going to go with Chance and say, yeah, oh yeah, Reanimator reference, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always it's always funny the it's always funny the references that that and, and I'm there's a scene Chuck where um, Barry is uh, putting some crosses uh, like some wooden some like crosses he made from trees like in the ground, right. Um, and you said that was a reference to something specific. Uh, that was a reference to um, Evil Dead 2, where he buries his girlfriend and he jams the cross into the ground. Uh, that's right, that's right. And we did the low yeah. angle thing and everything. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and, and obviously at the start of the movie, when, when Chuck is rattling through, um, you know, movies about, you know, giant ants mutated by radiation and stuff like that, those are basically Chuck's basically going through a lot of synopses for actual movies that aren't mentioned specifically, you know, but, but, but they're, if you're, if you're really paying attention, you can probably guess the, you know, which movies that he's talking about there. Um, and there's it, one, it seems like there's one that's kind of misunderstood uh, in the video store where I had there in, in that video store we shot in, which was a real video store um, because <laughs> He didn't have the yeah, money we got to make it. We got it just under the wire. <laughs> we got it just under the wire on that one. Um, it, it probably the, it probably went out of business. I'm sure it went out of business a few years later. But there was a box cover that had the um, uh, for Night of the Living Dead, but it had the uh, the main image on the cover was the face of that the that first zombie in the cemetery at the beginning of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and I had our first zombie step on it, and the point wasn't to say. Night of the Living Dead. We're we're making a better movie than that, which I think some people took it that way. The point was that there was had just been this like re-edit uh, that that guy, that actor, and I think some other people involved. I may be misremembering this completely, but they had that they had shot some new scenes and re-released Night of the Living Dead, and it was kind of a a, like bad a special thing. edition. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So that was kind of what I was referencing there was like, man, don't, don't discuss fucking with the classics, <laughs> leave it alone. <laughs> That's pretty, but absurd. yeah, obviously, uh, uh, yeah, obviously, obviously, uh, obviously the Chuck's Chuck's subtle, um, subtle, uh, satire there was, 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 was missed on people. <laughs> yeah. But I'm trying to think, um, yeah. Oh, oh! I remember. I, I, now I'm trying to remember, like, like the, you know, a lot of times people, well, like the reanimator thing, people will think, oh, well, that was a reference to this, and we're like, oh crap, I didn't think about that. That would be cool, but you know, that wasn't what was on my mind. Um, I don't know if it's. I think it stayed in the script where, where when Gail finally comes back at the end and she's talking about the aliens and she said one little like Bill Murray. I think that's still in there, or did or did did that or did that make the final cut? I had written it that way at one point. There's supposed to be a there's supposed to be an Ed Wood uh playing nine from outer space joke with 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 uh one of the people saying that one of the aliens like Bill Murray, because you know Bill Murray played an alien in the Ed Wood movie version of Plan Nine from Outer Space, you know, <laughs> these stupid, stupid people. Um, but again, that's also getting like really down in the weeds. And and if it's if if it's still in the movie, I don't know if anybody ever called it. Um but I'm, I'm other than the Evil Dead one and the stuff at the video store at the start. I'm trying to remember if there were any, any like specific um, references. Yeah, like um, like where we were really like going for you know something, as yeah, opposed to stuff I, that I just kind of happened accidentally. The, I assume the character named Barbara is is a reference to not a. Well, yeah, uh, and see, yeah, definitely. 
No, it's not. <laughs> I told you it was, champ. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now, see, that's the problem with talking about these movies that are so old. The way that... The way that I remember it is that I don't know why I had named her Barbara, but I had completely forgotten because I'm a bad horror fan. I had completely <laughs> forgotten that Barbara was that, you know, they're coming to get you, Barbara. How could you forget that? But if, you know, I'm, that's me. I can forget stuff like that. But so, so, or did you remind me at some point during the production that that, that, that was a reference, Chuck? I'm, and I've just forgotten I, that I, now. I, I, I think I did because we you could have thought it. that I mean, it was so the, obvious that it must have been, you know, and me like, no, I just forgot. It's possible. I, I, I just remember that in the first draft of the script, everybody's character name was the person we wanted to play them. Just uh, we, you had said what well, we, we could change this later if we want to, but this is just for me to keep these people in mind. Uh, but that, that's why I ended up being Chuck in the movie and uh well one of michael's characters was michael um and there was some others weren't there or and maybe maybe we changed them all up in those two or was uh chris uh, was chris yeah <laughs> chris yeah. was chris you know most of yeah. this interview is like two old guys going oh you remember when we <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but I don't think we were ever considering a Barbara. I mean, that was always going to be Melissa Bush, as best I remember. Yeah. So I don't know why she wasn't Melissa now that we're talking about it. Because, yeah. Um, oh, and also you have to, and, and just for, uh, just for, you know, like I said, this was our first feature. So um, a lot of the, basically, Chuck and I knew a few actors from, you know, local community theater and and stuff like that. And then we had met several actors on that Alice in Wonderland movie we'd mentioned earlier that we were working on. And we 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 stole a lot of those folks. Um like Kyle Holman, for example, that plays Keith, the the kind of ringleader of the of the gun club. But um but um but yeah, so so at this point I can't even remember, you know, Chuck obviously knew that it was an eye of the living dead reference. Um I might have been completely in the dark about it until I rewatched it a few years later and was like <laughs> And maybe so so, maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just thinking we talked about it and I just assumed that oh that's because, what Chance is doing here. Again, because it's so obvious, you know. Um but um but yeah, I really in hindsight I would have I would have probably liked a more subtle, less obvious reference than that. But um and, you know, if it's over the top, it's over the top. Yeah. Well, and now the and 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 now correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the whole idea of um, the aliens possibly ha having started it, that comes from Night of the Living Dead too. because, I mean, to T-O-O as well, because uh, there's that um, news report where they're talking about maybe a, a comet that flew over or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kinda, well, and... And, but also, Chuck, you know, um, one of the one of the things that that he and I used to talk about was, um, you know, why does everybody always want to remake good movies when there are plenty of bad movies that could really use the help, you know? And we were we were joking about Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, that's um, yeah, you know, right, the, right, the, okay, the yes. Movie. And and yeah. that's you know, if you'll remember that movie, that's actually kind of a zombie movie. That which is actually yeah, that's actually a pre, that's actually a pre Romero, um, right. you know, reanimated corpse movie. 
And, uh, and, 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 it, and the, the gag in that was the aliens, is that it was the aliens doing it. Yeah, it was very explicit. <laughs> and and so, not to say that Hide and Creep is a remake of Plan Nine from Outer Space, but there, you know, we we took that that loose that loose idea, which which is also the loose idea from you know Night of the Living Dead. I like that Romero was always really cagey about what made the zombies in Night of the Living Dead. You know, there was the kind of insinuation. That there was some Venus probe that yeah. had crashed and irradiated some things, but but he never really, you know, he never really. Um, he also said, "When there's no more room in hell, you know, the devil right. out there." So, I mean, who knows? Um, so, but yeah, the, like... the, 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 the the spaceship thing was definitely some some Plan Nine. Yeah, which and, which Jim Jarmusch really... stole for uh, for the dead don't die. <laughs> Did you see that one, Chuck? <laughs> I've not seen that yet. No. Um. It was funny because I don't know if we talked. I can't remember if we talked about it when when the when the trailer for the Dead Don't Die come out. I was like, "These sons of bitches have ripped us <laughs> off." I was, I was, I'm not one to get like, I'm, I'm not one to take that kind of stuff seriously. But I was kind of mad. I'm like, I'm like, well, now if anybody should get to remake Hide and Creep with Bill Murray, it should be me and Chuck because we made the first one. Damn it. Um, but my, but but Stacy and I were in uh, Stacy and I were in New York when it was playing like in in limited release or whatever, and we went to see it in the theater. And I went in like wanting to be mad, you know. And and the actual movie is a lot is a lot more different than Hide and Creep, though it does have you know small town uh, small town law enforcement dealing with um, with with zombies and and aliens. So you can you know make of that what you will. But um, but but yeah, I, I, the, the trailer really. <laughs> The trailer really had me on, had me, had me, had me ill. Um, and then the actual movie. You, got, you guys, were, being, y- y'all were just a Tilda Swinton away from uh, from a blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 And um, and they had, um, oh, who did they have? Uh, I can't think of the singer's name. Um, the guy that did the theme song for the movie, um, oh. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. Sturgill Simpson. He's yeah. actually in the movie as like a zombie or for a second, you know. Um, but um, there, there's a gag where actually I don't want to say anything about because Chuck hasn't seen it. It's actually worth a watch, Chuck. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's it's um it, it's just uh, like I said, it, it thematically right. there were definitely some there were definitely some hide and creep is. But again, you know, we stole it from Plan Nine from Outer Space, so sure. you know, all gl- all 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 glory to uh, to, to Ed Wood <laughs> and you know, you know, there, there's there's another one that um and this is probably completely coincidental uh no rip off and all but i was watching it and i was like motherfucker uh have you seen train to busain the the i still haven't haven't seen that yeah Yeah. everybody everybody loves it (laughs) so there's um, a point i was watching it's a really good movie and there's a point where the lights go out and suddenly the zombies can't function and i was like Wait a minute! We did that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, l- let's talk about that because that's something I didn't. So I didn't remember that from Train to Busan, but that because I remember because I even wrote down, you know, that's something I don't remember seeing in a zombie movie before. Is um, you know, zombies being afraid of the dark or like any kind of yeah. you know, explanation on why they yeah. would you know sort of dig their way out of their, their graves. <laughs> and I don't remember. I don't remember how. I know that, I, it, I know that well, after the fact, we, were, we ju- you know, after we the fact, were, we, we came were up with the line about the graves, but right. okay. No, I, I, I remember we were at my house and we, um, me and you and, um, a couple of the other, uh, a couple of the Alice guy, Alice in Wonderland guys. And 
there was something you were still trying to figure out the ending, uh, the, 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 the turning point to the climax. Mm -hmm. And we were batting ideas around. And one of us, I want to say, I don't don't want to, I want to say it was me, but I I don't want to take credit for something I might not have done because it's so long ago. But this is coming back to me. Yes. It seemed like I said, well, what if they were afraid of the dark as a joke? And like, oh, that's funny. And, and then we kind of, snowballed it from there and then you went and wrote it um yeah we we i think we kind of i think we kind of i think we kind of back plotted it or whatever yeah it was like oh well if they were afraid of the dark that would encourage them to dig themselves out of the ground you know out of their out of their their caskets or whatever right um, and then you could do that once as soon as night fell you could do the ending and and get chuck out of the police station and 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 that and and that yeah yeah that that was kind of yeah that that ends up being um there's actually there's actually a scene that that it's one of those scenes that you know you write a scene and then it actually executes the way you want it to there there's a scene um it's basically the it's basically the turn to the third act where where basically uh Kyle or Keith has figured out that the zombies are afraid of the dark and he calls like the um the news station to let them know and so um so so basically all of our characters even though they're all separate they're all learning about the afraid of the dark thing at the same time either via the tv or the radio or whatever you know so it's just a nice little um it's a, it's a nice little moment where where because we're we're tracking to try to explain it to people who haven't watched it though if you haven't watched it at this point we've we've obviously spoiled <laughs> like the whole movie but um but we're tracking there's like there's like an a story and a b story and a c story and there's this nice little bit at the start of the third act where everybody is together realizing that you know the zombies are afraid of the dark though they're not literally together they're just all we're just cutting between them listening to the tv and the radio and stuff like that so um so i felt like that it it was it was a it was a funny and kind of a silly idea but dramatically it gave us what we needed to get the story to the ending like chuck was saying you know and um and yeah so so uh so yeah i I don't i didn't realize that train to busan had had done that but I, i don't other than that, I hadn't seen. You know, th- that was a it, that was an original idea. <laughs> At least as far as we knew. <laughs> yeah, um, and let's so on a, let's let's talk about Chuck at the police station for a bit because that's this is some of my favorite stuff in the in the movie. Like when he's watching the news, you know, and the, and like they break in they break into the from the uh, to the Iron Bowl to do a special report on the zombies, and you know Chuck just wants him to put the game back on. <laughs> <laughs> which which is also again i mean you know I, I probably know you know 10 people like that like right now much less in high school but um but alabama i don't know how arkansas was but but alabama is like uh is like a is like a college football like you know we don't have we don't really have pro football in alabama it's all about college football yeah. you know it's alabama yeah. it was mostly alabama and auburn um right. there's a little bit of uab these days um but, but that's a different division you know we have churches and we have college football and (laughs) and we have malls (laughs) we do have malls. they're kind of on the same level so yeah yeah um (laughs) but um but yeah and that just seemed like the that just seemed like a funny you know that just seemed like a funny alabama thing to do um to 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 have you know they're trying to call Chuck for actual information and he's just trying to, he's just trying to watch the football game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like many dead zombies responsible, put the game back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then, and, and and I have to tell you, like you guys were. I mean, there's there's a there's a few things here in in in, uh, in some of your movies that are ahead of their time, because there's a whole point where the guy, the news guy's like going down the pole, and he's like, he's like, thirty seven percent of people would like to know more about the zombies, and like, and then it was like, and then it gets to like three percent are pro zombie, and I'm like, okay, now you're now you're way underestimating because today it would be like it's like 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 you know forty percent are pro zombie. Yeah, um, and, and 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 you know, and and, and not to oh. you know, I I I grew up in, or I I, didn't, I, I went to college. Uh, my my, and I think I think Chuck Chuck is your degree in broadcast journalism or just like mass com? It, it's mass com. They call it radio, television, and film, but it's mass com. Yeah. Um, well, and, 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 and I went to school it, when I at Troy State. Uh, it was it was broadcast journalism, but 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 Chuck Chuck and I both, I, you know, did some. Uh, actually, and Chuck, I think you did. You actually worked like you did TV news like professionally for a little while, right? Or am I remembering that right? No, yeah, I, I, I ran teleprompter at a television news station. It was, um, uh, which is what developed my hatred for television news. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and when I was when I was in college, we did we did a nooncast and a five p.m. news at the college station every day, like a real you know like a real news you know channel. So, um, so, so, but the, the whole thing with the, you know, as much as it's obviously silly for Chuck to want to watch the football game instead of coverage of like, you know, an apocalypse, um, (laughs) it's, it, 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 it also struck me as the kind of thing that local news would, um, kind of. You know, after that went for a little while, local news is going to do stupid things like have a poll about how people are feeling about zombies. You right. Know? Um, and oh, and, and, and so and, and you're 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 absolutely right because I remember when the, my time when I did work at the news station, I would hear people from the newsroom who had to answer the phones just <laughs> complaining, like, "Okay, so there's this tornado, and we've interrupted regular programming for the weather people to talk about." being safe and there's a tornado coming and people calling up just blessing them out don't put the you know starsky and hutch back on this one starsky and hutch here but it was the first i don't know why anyway but yeah they were just like put regular programming back on what are you doing that's that tornado's not near me <laughs> and you have to explain like broadcast here and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so 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 I guess we're 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 having a little fun with 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 broadcast news with with local broadcast news, and we're having a little fun with local broadcast news viewers. You know, at the same time on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I I really like the way um, I, I I really like the way all those scenes uh, played out, and of course. You know, it was a little tricky to shoot them because we had to like, you know, pre-record. Um, we had to pre-record our our quote unquote news anchors, and thank goodness Chuck was just had like a little crappy black and white TV because our news set was basically a table with like you know a, a sheet hung <laughs> behind them. So it's like the most you know on a, on a on a big color TV set, it would have looked even more you know ridiculous. Um, but um, but yeah, so we had to shoot all that stuff kind of ahead of time and then cut it so that it seemed like Chuck was like, you know, having a conversation with, you know, with the guy on the TV and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but yeah, I really like um, I really like the way those those scenes end up playing. Um, it's just it's just fun to watch, you know, Chuck arguing with like this little black and white image, you know, of, 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 the, of the newscaster. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's a fun character. Um, you know, I love that. You know, basically, he's about to make a run for it, and then he hears that. Oh, okay, well, we interrupted the game earlier, so we're gonna play it now. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of you know running running for his life, he's like, oh, I got time to watch the game. <laughs> um, Patrick, have you um? Did you get to watch the sequel to Hide and Creep yet? I have. Yeah, I actually watched it first. Okay. Um, oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I watched. So, I watched so, your so... movies like completely out of order because the first I watched Interplanetary, <laughs> and then I watched uh, for a few zombies more, and then I finally watched uh, went back and watched Hide and Creep. Well, the um, the fun thing is that if you watch them in order, then it's like a movie and a sequel, and if you watch them out of order, it's like a movie and a prequel. So you know, it, it, it's 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 you know, six and one half dozen or the other. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, but I was, I was going to say for anybody, spoiler for anybody who, who hasn't seen the, for a few zombies more, which is sequel to hide and creep. But uh, Chuck actually does, uh, we don't know exactly how, but he does uh, survive uh, that night, even after watching the football <laughs> game. So it was all as well that ends yeah. all there. I guess. And, it, and it makes perfect sense that, that basically he would spend the next 10 years trying to preserve films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's his oh my that's his whole mission. right yeah speaking speaking of motherfuckers ripping us off um and, and and this is another one of those coincidental things but but I, I screamed at the tv when it happened so i don't know if you guys have seen uh the stand miniseries that's on cb speaking of cbs all access it's on cbs all access um but uh stacy and i've been watching that and you know you you guys know the stand is about like a apocalyptic you know situation you know but most everybody's dead and everything and so like in the first or second episode these guys are like um there's there's this there's this town that they're trying to clean up so that the survivors can live there safely and these guys are basically going house to house and like dragging out dead bodies and you know burning them and everything you know to, to 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 keep things you know clean and um one guy's like um while he's while he's cleaning out bodies he's also ransacking all the dvds and he's like yeah man i'm gonna put together a video store at some point because you know we gotta have we gotta have like movies you know in the apocalypse and i'm like motherfucker that's my <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> and my wife's watching it with me uh who stays who also who also produced uh hide and creep she's watching with me she's like yeah, I think you're. I think you. I think you're right. That uh, she, she's like. She's like. Even she's admitting that I might have a point this time. You know. <laughs> but um. But the saying is pretty good, and I really don't think that they were ripping us off. I think that it was just, you know, in in fairness, if if that's the second person to make that joke in fifteen years, that's that's yeah. not unreasonable to, to expect, you know. So. Yeah. Well, and even uh, e- even even for a few zombies, more is a little bit ahead of its time because, like, uh, like another big, you know, another plot point is like the band that's recording a, a an album. <laughs> um, excuse me, a double album. A double uh, right, yes, <laughs> and you know, and and now we, like we've seen, like we're we're living through uh, a global pandemic, but there's been mm-hmm. kind of like this explosion of people that are you know trying to like create new music and new films. Like there've been you know there've been movies made you know sort of like in quarantine, uh, like with people in their houses, you know stuff like Host. Um, and stuff oh, Host, like that. Was, yeah, that's actually I, you know Host. I was shocked how good that was. Wow, that I, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was it it it, it really and it, when my and my favorite thing about and, and sorry to spoil host for anybody who hasn't seen it, but my favorite thing about host is it's really short. It's like it's like mm-hmm. fifty five minute song or something, mm-hmm. which is the which is the length of time, which is the 
basically that's as long as you can have a Skype call if you have the free plan, you know, if you don't if you don't have like Skype professional oh, or whatever. Yeah. Not yeah. Skype, sorry, sorry, a Zoom. Zoom, Zoom call. yeah. And 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 the fact that the 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 movie ends with the Zoom call running out of time and going to black is just Oh my gosh! I just thought that was I, th- I thought that that's that's the kind of nerdy attention to detail that I really get excited about. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's um, a lot and of detail also, in that, and and there's even like and, and, I think and, I think you get a warning in Zoom, like if you got 20 minutes or 15 minutes, what I left in your call. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And, and that actually exactly. pops up in the movie, and if you look at the timestamp of the movie, there's there's 15 minutes of the movie left. Oh, it's it's really that 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 the way that they work the timing out like that is really it is really, it is really clever um but yeah i, I it, and it clearly really... they were they remembered to record the audio separately <laughs> <laughs> yeah taking yeah, it back they, to the beginning <laughs> they they did um they did um it probably does sound better. It probably does sound better than an actual Zoom call. That's that's a fair point, you know. Um, but um, I just heard a a creaky door open. Oh, sorry, that was me. Apologize. Oh no, no, it's fine. I I I just I was trying um, to add some atmosphere, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I'm like, did somebody did somebody get swept away by a ghost coming, you know, coming through the door? Creak. Um, but when the whole like band um and and i'm the um i don't know if you know this patrick i'm the and now we're talking about the sequel we're way off off script at this point but i'm the i'm the drummer in the band in that scene um but um it really did seem kind of uh kind of wonderfully absurd and also not entirely impossible that some enterprising rock band would be planning for the day that things got back to you know back to normal and yeah. now that we're living through basically, you know, zombie plague light, you know, where it's not, you know, well, actually, I guess this is more like the stand light than, you know, zombie movie light. But, but, but yeah, the, um, it has been interesting to see like how many people have been like, you know, cranking out albums because I wish that I wish that I was being more creative during this time. I've basically been like doing jigsaw puzzles and looking at Twitter and watching the news, you know, but, um, it's really cool that, it's really cool that a lot of people have taken it as an opportunity to, you know, record albums or write books or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, there's even, there's even a lot of dialogue there. That's that, you know, it's very, that's very prescient because people are, they're saying like, well, they're going to, they're going to create a vaccine. Like, there's a vaccine for the zombie plague. <laughs> of, you know, when things are, you know, things are going to go back to normal or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. And, and the music, Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of music. The music's good. Well, I mean, Hide and Creep has good music too. Um, I guess both movies, but you, it seems like you st- you step it up a, another level with uh, uh, with for a few zombies more with uh, with like some more uh, you know some new songs and stuff. Yeah the 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 um the the idea there with the soundtrack was was um those are all and and well and again we're <laughs> we're way off we're we're way off the uh, the, the the subject but um the um there's a there's a character in for a few zombies more that's uh that's a post-apocalyptic dj you know and so i had the idea to do most of the music with like rock bands because that would be the kind of stuff that would be on his radio show and um luckily um i play in a couple bands and i'm i'm, I'm friends with 
with with with with local bands in Birmingham. So so pretty much everybody on the all the all the rock music on the soundtrack, and I think there are like fourteen or so rock songs on the soundtrack. Those are all from from Birmingham uh, singers and bands, and um, and yeah, and all those guys were you know they're all they basically let us use the music for for back end, you know. So if the movie ever turns a profit, then you know they'll get a piece of it. But they didn't charge us anything up front, which is is pretty amazing because you know if you go if you go start licensing licensing music for a for a feature film, that can get expensive in a real hurry. Um, so so again, it's that whole. It's that whole everybody uh, let's put on a show kind of feel that, um, you know, one of the things that that Chuck and I found out um, when we made Hide and Creep and when we were working on that Alice in Wonderland movie is that if you try to, from what I hear, if you try to shoot a movie in somebody's backyard in Los Angeles, they're going to charge you like $15,000, you know, and um, in in Alabama, um, at least at least back, you know, back in the day, I don't, I haven't, I haven't shot much lately, <laughs> but, um, but, but back in the day, um, if you ask somebody that like, you know, there's a barbecue restaurant in Hyde Creek. And if you say, Hey, um, you know, could we come into your restaurant one day when it's closed and shoot for a few hours? I mean, they'll get like, you know, not only would they let you do it for free, but they'll actually like get really excited about it. Um, I think when, um, I'm pretty sure that when we shot in the, in the barbecue restaurant, um, like some of the people that work there were like extras for us. We like put them in zombie makeup, you know? Um, so it's, it's just, there, there's a, there's a, there, there's a real, not only is that a small town, you know, movie about small town life, but a lot of the places we shot are like really small town places that welcomed us in just because they thought it was cool that somebody was going to make a movie, you know, at their, at their business or at their home or whatever. Um, so, um, so yeah, it, it kind of uh, it uh, it's nice how that works out, and 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 again, it kind of fits in thematically, you know, with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard that before too from other people about you know shooting outside of L.A., you know, outside of Hollywood. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean the the and and and, and again, not to say that um, you know a bigger budget show wouldn't go to Downtown Foods grocery store in Jasper and shoot, but. You know, I don't know if I, I don't know if anybody else has shot there since we have. You know, so it might we, we we might be the only we might be the only feature film that was made there. Um, yeah, yeah. Last thing is, I don't think I don't believe Chuck has actually been to Red China. <laughs> I'm not convinced. I, I, yeah, I don't I don't I don't think the uh, I don't think Chuck or the character or the character Chuck has been. That was just um, that was just some. Uh, what did Samuel Jackson say? You know, that was just some cool, like, you know, shit that I liked that I thought that Chuck was going to lay down before he, before he, uh, he took his breakfast and, and sat down and ate. Yeah. yeah, no, I, that, that whole, the whole Coke and Coke versus Pepsi monologue. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a thing, you know, in, uh, in my life too. I mean, I married, uh, I married a woman who grew up in Atlanta. Um, so, you know, don't ask her if Pepsi is okay. Um, that's no. just, uh, and and what a terrible what terrible branding for Pepsi. It's like, well, you know, we don't have this. Will this be okay? Um, you know, but the my the favorite my the best response I ever heard was from a friend of mine. We were somewhere and he got that question. He said that the waitress was like, "Is Pepsi okay?" And he just looks at her and goes, "I don't know. Is Monopoly money okay?" <laughs> That's great. Well, that whole there, there, in in the the short we were talking about earlier, 
there was a little oh there's uh, a coca-cola joke a coke, coke joke right. that we we just kind of came up with on the spot and I, I i'm assuming that's what inspired chance to write that speech but that is that is of all things when when i run into somebody who's seen hide and creeper or i get um some fan email that is inevitably one of the things they mentioned in fact one of the best stories uh, Chance was talking earlier about how we we set up tables at, at horror conventions over the last couple of years. Um, we were at one in Atlanta. Um, in fact, the last one before COVID uh, really kicked in because it was February uh, 2020, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 this woman comes by the table and she says, "Oh, you've got hide and creep." And we're like, "Yeah, we're the filmmakers." And she was taken aback and. Y'all made Hidden Creep? Yeah, we made all these movies here. And she pulls up on her phone. She's like, y'all, I do these community theater and stuff. And whenever I audition, I do the Coke Pepsi monologue from Hidden <laughs> Creep. And she pulled it. She had it on her phone. Uh, the, That's the, amazing. Where she had typed it up. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that might be the, that might be the nicest uh, that might be the nicest thing anybody's ever said about yeah. one of our movies. I thought that that was like, you know, there, it's one thing for somebody to say, "Hey, man, I really dug the movie," or "I really like this scene," or "I really like that scene." It's another thing for a person to say, "Yeah, I actually learned this scene <laughs> and use it to audition for other movies." You know, um, I mean, that's like Shakespeare. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's 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 a big deal. But yeah, it, the um, there was a while. Um, it's hard to keep up with, you know, like bootleg copies and, you know, I mean, not only is everything pirated these days, but like half the stuff is pirated, like right there on YouTube, you know, right in front of everybody. And, and, um, there was a while was where somebody had uploaded just that basically like, um, you could go to YouTube and you could watch the trailer for hide and creep and some random person had just uploaded that scene and, and, you know, you could watch, you know, that whole scene and, and, um, and yeah, it, it's 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 um that's that that seems to be the maybe of all our movies that seems to be the one like the one like most popular part if that makes any sense you know I can't think of anything else of I can't think of any like you know like like scene or or whatever or joke or whatever that um that that people reference as much as that one so it's fun oh and um I don't know if. Patrick knows the story. The the funny thing about that is that we were shooting that at I think it's like a Dairy D or something like that. Um, yeah, that's that's one. That's one of the few yeah, places. It was the Dairy D in Thorsby. In Thorsby, yeah. A lot of the stuff that we shot for quote unquote Thorsby, like I said, actual small and and this was fifteen years ago. Actual Thorsby is really. I mean, there was there was just really nothing. I mean, there was like I don't even know if there was a stoplight. You know, it's just like there just wasn't a lot there. <laughs> And so we cheated. Um, the the like I said, the grocery store is actually in um, is actually in Jasper, Alabama, and there's a there's a barbecue place that's that was in Montevallo at the time. Um, so we're we're shooting all over, pretending that it's it's Thorsby, but but we actually got into um, into this little restaurant, and um, it was on a Sunday, and I talked to the owner, and he said, uh, "Can we do it um, um, after?" after church and i said sure so we went down like at 12 30 on a sunday and um he said 
when we got in there, he said, now, so you said that um, the, the movie, the, the scene is, is just a couple of minutes, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's probably going to be like two or three minutes when it's, when it's in the finished movie. He said, okay, well, I forgot. I got to get back to church. So, uh, so uh, you guys can be done like an hour. <laughs> and we were like, oh, that was when I learned. See, everything is a learning experience. That was when I learned when you, when you tell people that you need to shoot a, move, a scene for your movie and the scene's going to be two minutes long, you have to explain to them that it takes a lot longer than that to actually shoot a two-minute scene. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, we um, – um, no, it, it's probably going to take like you know four or five or – and he's like looking at me, and I'm like – uh three hours and he's like <laughs> we can make that work and i'm like oh my gosh so i turned around to uh i turned around to, to jimbo who was our who was kind of our gaffer on the movie he was he was one of our, our our one of the guys that was one of our crew guys and um jimbo had a couple of lights in his hand and i looked at him and said three hours and he looked at the lights he looked at the fluorescence and he looked at the sunshine coming in the window. He says, eh, just shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so we just went with available light and, um, Uh and, and, and because not only, not only is, yeah, we had to get the Coke and Pepsi dialogue and the, the scene at the table because, uh, between Chris and uh, I. The heat and, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Carol always calls it. Chuck's sister always called that the heat scene, and I thought that was so great because instead of instead of Pacino and De Niro, it's Hartzell and Hartzell, you know. But um, but uh, oh my gosh, yeah. It's 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 so funny to me too that um that people don't realize that people watching the movie don't realize that Chuck and Chris are brothers because to me they just look so much alike. You know? I, I, yeah, I don't um, know how you could not. <laughs> but 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 there are people who are like oh they're brothers weird and i'm like oh yeah i guess you know um so um but 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 yeah so we had all that we had, so there's probably that's probably actually like i don't know chuck four pages maybe that's that was yeah that's a good bit of stuff you know and yeah. we ended up like i said um we ended up just you know go 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 and 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 we got out of there in, in two or three yeah. hours and, and and honestly all those you know the 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 Coke Pepsi scene is obviously a, a favorite of people that that have watched the movie that that watched the movie and 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 I and I really like the scene with with Chris and the heat scene as well so um, <laughs> I think I think after it was all said and done you know but but that's the thing about you know well you know I will say we, in if, those days in in those days we were shooting on film we did not shoot as many takes as we did yeah though, we though, though we probably <laughs> though we though we, we though even even when we were shooting on film we shot you know we would shoot more than i wanted to because it's yeah. expensive but you know you're still like ah do we need another one you know i mean yeah, yeah. And when you when you start getting on take six when you're shooting on film it's like oh my gosh you can just you can just hear the money like running through the camera you know? isn't that isn't that um, what, what rodriguez did on an el mariachi is like everything was one take he just shot one take of every scene i believe yeah, so I mean, yeah yeah I think if I remember right, or I might be thinking about Primer, uh, the you know the the Shank the Shank Ruth movie that was uh, the time travel movie. Um, I think the Primer. I think he ended up averaging like one and a half takes per you know one and a half to one was the shooting ratio basically. Um, yeah, Rodriguez. If he didn't do everything in one take, he did it in like you know he did it in like two. You know, so it was yeah. it was all one or two takes. Um, yeah, that's a that movie's that movie's a miracle. Um, but um, but but that's the you know that's that's that kind of 
that's the kind of stuff that you're looking at. But but even even if you're not doing a lot of even if you're not doing a lot of takes, just the setups, you know, just getting the camera in right. place and making sure the actors know the lines and, and, and deciding what the framing looks like, you know, that stuff is, is it, it's, it's the, it's kind of the moving between the takes that really, that really, that really takes up the time. So, so yeah. We, and, um, and, and that's two, two sided conversations with one camera. So you're moving, you've got to uh, do both sides of each one. And then a lot of times you get coverage, which is like right. you, you end up with like a master of like both people in the right. shot at the same yep. time. And um, but but that's one of those things too where um, I can't remember. I was talking to somebody about it recently. Where um, oh, actually, yeah, I was. <laughs> if if you know, there's there, there's some there's some of those scenes where you're like, man, if we had a million dollars in three days, we could really do this right. And then there's some scenes where it's like, you know. If we'd spent a million dollars in three days on those two scenes, would they have really been that much better? I mean, you know, we might have spent some more time on the lighting and gotten that looking a little better, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And and I'm I'm pretty happy with I'm pretty happy with those, even though they were rushed. So I don't know. Maybe the moral of the story is that when we when we spend more than three hours on four pages, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old uh, "What's to protect? It's perfect." yeah um chuck and i uh chuck and i everything we learned about uh everything we learned about filmmaking we learned from uh the ed wood movie that uh, tim burton did uh which i'm i'm sure all that stuff isn't i'm sure that that all that stuff is isn't isn't totally true but it feels um you know it feels um it, it feels honest, even if it wasn't yeah. the way that Ed Wood actually made those movies. Um, you know, but, you know. Have um, you have you watched? There's another one that felt really honest to me about the process, where it may not have been, you know, the actual how it all went down, but the 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 My Name Is Dolomite movie. Uh, on oh, well, that's Vinnie the same Murphy. guys. That's the same guys that wrote. That's the same guys that wrote. Um, oh, that's right. It is. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And and I would say that my name is Dolomite is not as good as Ed Wood, which Ed Wood's like one of my favorite top yeah. ten movies of all time or whatever. But my name is Dolomite is really fun, and there is very they, they do seem to get a lot of that, a yeah. lot of that spirit of of making a low budget exploitation yeah. movie feels it feels right. You know. Well, there was one it, scene. It, it, there was one scene in particular that really struck me where. Uh, they're they're in the process of shooting a film, and um, the the director played by Wesley Snipes has kind of been this whole prima donna the whole time, and and the uh, Eddie Murphy, the Dolomite character, has kind of finally had enough with him, and he's and he's telling me he's like, we're we're all trying to work together here, and I'm the star of this movie, but if this something needs to be done, if something needs to be moved, I'm going to move it if. The, if if the crew's hungry, I'm gonna go make sandwiches. Uh, it goes on like that, and that, that really struck me as true. As uh, in the independent world, you have to. It doesn't matter if you're the director, screenwriter. You've got people coming out working hard for little or nothing as far as pay, just just to be working on it. You have to take care of them, and you have to you have to take care of everybody because they're helping make this thing come true for you this you know like when we're making hide and creep this is this fantasy we've had about making a feature film and all these people are pitching in uh they're whether they're you know they're setting up lights or or 
they're an extra. They're there helping make your dream come true, and it becomes kind of their dream too. So you, and you've just got to take care of them and do anything and everything that needs to be done. Yeah, I, I, I really um, the my not that anybody asks me that often, but like my <laughs> one piece of advice for for anybody who anybody who wants to like make a like now obviously you know the best thing to do is if you want to make a low budget movie is to like somehow raise you know a hundred thousand dollars and just pay everybody you know a good wage. Yeah. But but if you but if you really want to make you know a feature with with either little money or or, or no money um and and basically have everybody working for you know just working for back end points in the in the event that I mean on the bright side you know hide and creep actually did turn a profit so the people that work for points on that movie actually made some money you know <laughs> um which was which is really great um but um but but I think the I think the 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 if you're gonna if you're gonna make a movie like that you know the the first the first job is is you're you're gonna have to be a people person, you know, because um a lot of a lot of just keeping a production like that together is just, you know, making sure that everybody is at least not hungry and not thirsty and not mad about something that you can do something about, you know. Right. Um, not feeling and, like their their time is being neglected. There are yeah, they're 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 being underappreciated i guess yeah 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 and and so so and and that's 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 really you know that that's that's actually you know like so that's a it's a lot of it's a lot of work um but 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 that's that's the thing you know like i said you can either you can either you know pay people a lot of money <laughs> or you can be like really, really nice to people and hope that they um and hope that they appreciate, you know, that kindness enough to like keep showing up and 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 doing this, you know, every weekend for six months or however long it takes to, <laughs> to takes to do the thing. Um and you know, we've been um you know, we've been lucky um that I you know, I think on Hide and Creep the the crew we started that movie with and the cast we started it with, I mean, we didn't really have anybody drop out. It, it pretty much, it pretty much. Now, obviously, you know, they're going to be, being that we were shooting on weekends and, you know, um, uh, everybody was doing it, you know, as a, as a side hustle, as it were, you know, this is not anybody's day job. Yeah. So, you know, you don't necessarily have the same folks showing up every weekend, but, but, but everybody that, you know, I mean, we managed to make it work um, on, on interplanetary interplanetary dragged on so long um i went through three directors of photography and not that i had a falling out with i didn't have a falling out with any of them it was just like i started with one director of photography and like he like moved away to take another day job and then um uh i had another director of photography and he moved away to do something else and then you know i had a third one and that was all the times when i wasn't the director of photography you know um, when, when when nobody else was available so um so uh yeah it's 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 funny whenever we have these discussions about you know projects it always uh Chuck was joking earlier about you know old guys trying to remember stuff but it it inevitably kind of turns into you know um you know old guys um you know <laughs> old, old guys trying to remember like how did that even how did they how, old guys trying to remember how things happen and also kind of marveling in the fact that they you know they happen at all right yeah. Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good point. And, um, and I think that's a great, I think that's a sort of a great note to, to leave it on. Cause obviously, I mean, you can't, uh, 
and you can't do you can't can't do uh, not even half of of you know what you got done without uh, uh, without your crew and it's it's everyone sort of coming together and collaborating uh, for yeah, you know, for and, the sake of art um, right yeah it's a beautiful yeah. thing yeah and and one more brief note on that um, the 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 joke that you know our 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 production company is called Crewless. And um, which which getting back to Robert Rodriguez, that was actually inspired inspired by him because you know his, I don't know his his book um, that he wrote is Rebel Without a Crew, and um, which we thought was like you know super cool and 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 we managed to kind of you know a we were clueless so we didn't know what we were doing and b we didn't have a crew so we decided we were clueless. But over the when we made our first short, um, it was literally. Me and Chuck and Michael and Stacy and um, our friend Patrick Sheehan, and basically those people were all either working behind the camera or they were in front of the camera. So it was yeah. it was like you know you had like five actors in the movie, and those people when they weren't acting were doing things behind the camera. So we were really cruelish, you know. And over the years, um, the the cruelest moniker has become less accurate because. We have found more and more people that um, not only, you know, like making that one movie with us, but came back to make another one with us. Or in some, you know, in some cases, you know, um, came back and made two other movies with us. Um, you know, our buddy Jimbo that I was talking about um, that that was helping us out with cinematography and stuff. Um, he was one of my cinematographers on Interplanetary, and he then he was our cinematographer on For a Few Zombies More. So he's, he was with us on all three movies. Um, we just got an editor on our last. Chuck and I edited our first two movies um, uncredited on our own, um, <laughs> but um, on our last movie, um, Mike Cunliffe came on board and um, and edited probably about half of it. He would have edited the whole thing, but we had a film festival we were trying to get it ready for. So <laughs> me and Chuck and him all kind of triple teamed the editing on that. Um, but you know, it's it's just. It, it's really nice when you can when you can when you can make a feature and 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 everybody shows up and works just for the love of the game, as it were. And then when you get ready to make your next feature, they say, "Hey, do you want me to help out with this one as well?" Or or you know, even say, even come up to you and just say, "Hey, when are we going to make another movie?" You know, it's like, dude. You, you you've done so much <laughs> you, really, you know I, I i will never i will never be able to repay you as it is do you really want me to go further in debt you know to to, to you and your kindness and they're like yeah let's let's do it you know so um so yeah it, it, it's 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 um and michael it, keeps it, it's, coming it's, back it's, even after we made him be naked so i mean i know it's, it's um, in, 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 in fairness um in fairness we haven't made him be naked again and they exactly. got to play like he got to play. Uh, he got to play two like cool characters in our in in right. our last movie. So, um, which is a, trying to trying to have Michael play two different characters in one movie with a limited <laughs> budget and limited time is a whole different discussion that we we won't have to get into tonight. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it really comes down to the whole uh, you know it's the old Bill and Ted thing about be excellent to each other. I think that's like the best advice for you know micro budget filmmakers is you yeah. know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta find your people and and stick together and and be and, and be good to each other and 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 hopefully you can you can get through with the you know you can finish the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, Chance, Chuck, I really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, this has been great. Uh, really enjoyed uh, talking about the movie with you. Um, is there anything uh, that you guys want to promote 
talk about uh, you know uh i think that cruelest.com which is c-r-e-w-l-e-s-s.com has links to uh our movies um they're pretty easy to find though um they're on um they're on amazon prime and i think they're on tubi right now um and tubi is like completely yeah. free and it's just got like commercials or whatever um and other than that um i am at cruelest on twitter if you want to uh come and talk about either movies or politics i'm not afraid to, uh, <laughs> to argue about either <laughs> Well, um, did you have anything that you want to promote other than our uh, existing movies? <laughs> well, look for us if uh, if um, uh, our film festivals start up again. We we will uh, try to get back out to some of those. Um, yeah, that would be um, that would be really exciting to like go you know see people in person and you know not be afraid of them breathing on you. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, I have a short film on um, YouTube called Transfers, which is on. Is that on the? Uh, That's also on more, the Blu-ray, Blu-ray for a few yeah. for a few zombies more. It is. It is. Um, but that one's uh, that's one I'm real proud. Chance and I worked on it together. Um, I wrote and directed it. Um, it's a kind of a sci-fi horror. Um, yeah, it's a little more, darker and less goofy than most of our stuff. Okay. I, w- I was being deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day, um, that's actually a good point. Um, one day we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to get our shorts all organized online. They're all scattered around on yeah. YouTube and stuff like that, but they, they should just be like, you know, easy to find and they're not right now, but yeah, check out transfers. That's a, that's a fun one. And, um, and like I said, it gives you a, it's a, it gives you a different, uh, you know, a different, a different flavor than, than a lot of our other stuff. So. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll put some, I'll put some links in the, uh, in the show notes for people. Oh, awesome. So awesome guys. Great. Um, listen, I really, I really appreciate the time. I know it's getting late. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, you for having much. us, man. This is great. Yeah. I, as always, I apologize for talking everybody's ear off because I know that I do that. But um, if, if there's anything I like to talk about, it's like you know, it's like making movies uh, in the uh, down in the, in the in the trenches. Um, and it's also uh, I haven't talked to Chuck in uh, probably a couple months. So Chuck, good uh, good catching up with you for a minute. Um, on, on you too, on, man. On, uh, on Patrick on, on Patrick's <laughs> podcast, and uh, yeah, you know, the, I, I I talked to uh, another buddy of mine had me on his podcast um, Tuesday, which is it's crazy that I was on two podcasts this week because I'm not usually you know in demand like that. But these days, when you know so much of human interaction is like on a Zoom call at work, you know, with people for 30 minutes talking about, you know, computer bugs or whatever. It's really nice to like get to sit down and, and, and talk to, to people for a while about, yeah, you know, absolutely. something other than something other than like pandemics and um, and, <laughs> and, and, and work stuff. So so I appreciate you guys. It's good. It's good. Good catching up. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do this again sometime. All right, man. Absolutely, we'll have man. All right, yeah, yeah. You right, too. Take care. Be sure to be sure to to kiss your wives. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it easy. Bye, y'all. Take care, man. <laughs>